Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 923, and we're looking at Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Let's read the passage. They went into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not like the scribes. Just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue. He cried out, What do you have to do with Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions, shouted with a loud voice, and came out of him. They were all amazed, and so they began to ask each other, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once the news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began his Gospel with John the Baptist. John the Baptist came announcing the coming one. And then we had the baptism of Jesus. Then shortly after that, John the Baptist was arrested and then began the public ministry of Jesus. And so he went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. We were told what he was saying was the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Then we saw him calling disciples. And only mentioned so far the calling of Peter and Andrew, James and John. See, Levi, also called Matthew, called in chapter 2. And then by chapter 3, he has all 12 of them. So at this point, who knows how many are with him? We know the four are with him, but it could be more. But that's not important to Mark. He's laying out the progression of Jesus's ministry. Let's pick it up in chapter 1, verse 21. They went into Capernaum. Well, Capernaum is a major city there in Galilee. It's a city on the northwest coast of the Sea of Galilee. It's a, a lot of fishing industry there, but it's also a, on a road that runs from Mesopotamia to Egypt. So it's a, a major thoroughfare. It's in the, can't really call it a kingdom, it's called a tetrarchy of Herod Antipas. He's called a tetrarch, a ruler of a fourth, a fourth of the former kingdom of Herod the Great. Another tetrarchy ruled by Philip the tetrarch, a fourth of the kingdom of Herod the Great, is very close. So Capernaum is in Herod's area, but very close to Philip's area. And Jesus spends the majority of his time in Galilee, in the vicinity of Capernaum. So they went into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. So this would be not the same day he called the disciples, because they were working. So obviously it wasn't the Sabbath. He's not permitted to work on the Sabbath. But sometime shortly thereafter, they go into Capernaum. And first thing he does when he gets in Capernaum, is go in the synagogue on the Sabbath and begin to teach. Now, apparently this was the custom in this time period, is that a visiting teacher would be invited to provide the teaching in the synagogue. We see this in Paul's travels. Often when he goes into a new area, he goes into the synagogue and is invited to teach, bring us a message of encouragement. And for somebody who's a follower of Christ or 
Christ himself. That's the invitation to share the gospel. Verse 22, they were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. Well, the scribes were the professional teachers. They were the experts in the law. Often we think a scribe is somebody who writes something as a, like a stenographer. No, the, the scribes are the religious experts. Sometimes they're called lawyers in translations. They are experts in the religious law. They're trained for this. They have a lot of schooling, a lot of training. And the way you teach is you cite famous rabbis. It's rabbi so-and-so says this and that about this particular scripture passage. And so what you do is cite famous rabbis and talk about what they talk about, about what the scripture means. Jesus didn't do any of that. He just said, this is what the scripture says. This is what the scripture means. And this is how you apply it to your life. So he teaches as one who has authority, not looking to the authority of people who have gone before him. That was different. Nobody ever taught like this before. Verse 23. Just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue. He cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. It's interesting that these demon-possessed people have a better understanding of who Jesus is than the people around who Jesus is ministering to. And they cry out at various times who he is. Here he says, he is the Holy One of God. Chapter 3, verse 11, he'll the demon will say that he is the son of God. Chapter 5, verse 7, he'll say he's the son of the Most High. So the demons have a much clearer perspective of who Jesus is than the people do. And his reaction to Jesus coming is, you must have come here to destroy us. Verse 25, Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. Now, this command to be silent, do we make much of this? Maybe, because we'll see in the passage we'll look at next time that he will not allow them to speak because they know who he is. And at this point in his ministry, he's keeping things somewhat low-key. When he heals someone, he tells them, don't tell anyone who I am. Don't tell anyone what happened here. So he's keeping things on the on the quiet end, and think, well, why is this? I mean, if he's coming to proclaim the good news, why does he not want people to know who he is? And I think it's just because he wants people to hear the message. He wants people to respond to the message. That's where he does miracles to provide the authenticity of the message. But if there's people running around saying, this is the Messiah, then that creates a whole new dynamic to the situation. It's not just people responding to the miracles and the teaching. It's there's going to be Messiah fever, and everybody's going to come running looking for the Messiah. They're not going to pay any attention to the message. They're going to want to make him king so he can fix all their problems. What he wants them to hear is the message. What is the message? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. 
repent and believe the good news. That's the message he wants them to hear. That's the message he wants them to process. That's the message he wants them to respond to. He wants them to repent and become part of the kingdom of God. He doesn't want them to crown him king of Israel as the new Messiah. There will come a time when he drops all the keep it quiet news as he gets closer and closer to the cross. So he rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. Verse 26, and the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions and shouted with a loud voice and came out of him. Verse 27, they were all amazed. And so they began to ask each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him? But once news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. So it's, uh, they're faced with something they've never seen before. Somebody who teaches like nobody they've ever seen teach before. He doesn't quote famous rabbis. He teaches with the authority of, he knows what he's talking about. This is what God has said, and this is what it means. And unclean spirits, they were used to exorcists to a certain degree, but exorcists had a lot of show to it. They would uh, recite incantations and spells and proclaim what their authority was. Jesus just said, come out of him, and the spirit comes out of him. There was no technique to it. He just spoke and had the authority to command the spirit to come out of him. So this is something they've never seen before, something they've never heard of before. And what does this mean? And so news of this does spread. He can't keep it from spreading, but he's keeping the, the idea of him being the Messiah somewhat under wraps at this point in time, because people will go crazy and focus on the Messiah is here and lose the message of the gospel. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Mark.